0: It's a simple
1: recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me fine. All I wanna say is, just give me some
2: hot pizza.
0: Hey folks, Steve Siddall here with another episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the very best financial advisors heard on radio stations around the country every week, and it's all brought to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. If you want to reach any of the advisors, call them 800-662-6808 or just text Pizza to 600-700. But well, what in the heck happened this week? Let's dig in. That was the week that was. It's over. Let it go. That was the week that
1: was It started way up
0: above. U.S stocks opened at a slightly higher level on Friday looking to end a week of selling on a positive note although it does appear that despite the optimism, it could end up down overall for the week. The number of people seeking unemployment benefits fell last week for a fourth straight time to a pandemic low. That's good news. The Labor Department reporting Thursday that jobless claims fell by 29,000 to 348,000. Amazon says they'll be opening some retail outlets soon. Word is they'll be a bit smaller than a department store. And the mere mention of that sent some retail stocks sliding. Both Target and Best Buy fell on the news Thursday. The first store is going to be located in Ohio and California coming to a neighborhood near you, I'm sure. T-Mobile reporting a major breach that could affect as many as, get this, 40 million past, present, and potential customers. The hackers were able to capture not only names and addresses, but social security numbers, even some driver's license numbers. I guess that's what all those identity theft companies are all about. If you want to learn more about what you should do and can do to protect yourself, I would say go to consumer.ftc.com. Com, consumer.ftc.com. Along those lines, but in a good way, America's credit scores had just hit a new record high. New data showing that the average credit score is now 716. That's the highest since FICO started tracking scores in 2005. Who knew the pandemic would help increase our credit scores? If you've ever been to Disney World or Disneyland, you probably remember the Fast Pass. It was a virtual line that let you go to your favorite ride at a specific time and avoid those gigantic lines. Well, that's going away. Disney announcing this week that something called Disney Genie will do the same thing as Fast Pass, except it'll cost you. (laughs) Yeah, it could be as much as 80 bucks per day for a family of four. And in the immortal words of Roseanne, Roseanne Adana.
3: It's always something.
0: All right, time to get this pizza cooking. We're going to hear from Coach Pete Deruda along with special guests. He's an author, an entrepreneur, and much more. His name's Jim Stovall. You're not going to want to miss that. Brian Quaranta says maybe you can retire early. We'll find out. Kevin Frisbee visits the ins and outs of Social Security, claiming Eric Carney talks about maintaining our lifestyle all the way through retirement. And Dave Perkins takes us back to 1960. Well, let's join America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete Deruda on Financial Safari. Now, in this clip, Coach is talking to Jim Stovall. He's an entrepreneur, a National Olympic weightlifting champion, a world-renowned author and speaker, and much more. Now, here, Jim is talking about the influence that Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, has had on his life
3: and others. We've got a return visitor on on my show. I saw him speak in front of one of my groups about 12 years ago. A, A group full of financial advisors were fascinated by his story. His name is Mr. Jim Stovall, and he's enjoyed success as an author, athlete, investment banker or broker, and entrepreneur while dealing with the challenge of blindness. Yes, folks, during his remarkable life, Jim has been a national champion Olympic weightlifter as well as author of over 30 books In addition to his personal accomplishments, Jim was honored as the 2000 International Humanitarian of the Year, amongst many other things. Let's welcome in Mr. Jim Stovall. Jim, welcome in.
4: It's great to be back with you, Coach Pete.
3: (laughs) Well, one of your books crossed my desk the other day, and it's called Dear Napoleon, The Living Legacy of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich Book. And that's over 100 years old now, isn't it? That that original book, not your book.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill was born in the a- 1800s, uh, wrote this book in the early 1900s, and, uh, you know, now is impacting people still in the new millennium. And his work uh, is that is the best selling book in the field of uh, success or personal development. And, you know, everyone listening to us now. If they haven't been impacted directly by that book, they have been impacted by somebody who was impacted by that book, I can assure you.
3: Yeah, well, it makes a. I I mean, we, this book is 74 chapters because you've interviewed or you had people write a chapter in the book, each one, about how this the, the original book, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, has affected their lives. And I figured we would talk about a few of the success stories or a few of the chapters here. And then uh, if the listener is interested, we'll show them how they can get a copy of that book on Amazon or, or anywhere books are sold.
4: Yeah, it's great, you know, and I, you know, I wanted to, I mean, I could sit around and give my opinion of the impact of his work, but uh, it's a little like looking out the window. You can't see the wind. Nobody can see the wind, but you can see what it does. It, it moves the trees, the leaves, the things out there, and, and that's where I wanted to, people to see the impact of Napoleon Hill so uh, they could kind of tap into that well. Let's talk
3: about the original book, uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. When did you first read it, and what has it meant to you?
4: I read the book. Uh, I was losing my sight, and uh, I was a college student, and I realized I was not going to get a normal job. Nobody wanted to hire this uh, Olympic weightlifting champion blind guy. Uh, so I decided I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know anything about it, but I thought if I owned a company, uh, you know, they couldn't fire me. So, uh, I remember going to tell my father, I'm not going to get a job, which really thrills parents when you're there in college. And uh, But he said, I don't know anything about that, but I'll introduce you to a guy. And he introduced me to a guy he knew, that uh, uh, Mr. Lee Braxton had third-grade education, made $10 million during the Great Depression, gave most of it away, and lived the rest of his life off of his investments, and he he worked for a dollar a year for various nonprofits, and that was his life. And I met this man, and he said, before we even start, he said, you got to read this book. This book is the basis of all we're going to talk about. And I read it and came back, and he asked me a question, and he didn't like my answer. He said, go read it again. Well, it turns out, Petey made me read this thing three times before he would even sit and talk to me, and that became the basis of our work and then what was interesting is uh, uh a number of years later after i became successful i wrote a book called the millionaire map and the head of the napoleon hill foundation called me and they said did you realize that your mentor lee braxton was napoleon hill's best friend he he gave the eulogy at hill's funeral of all things and uh, i had no idea of the relationship they have but what makes this book unique think and grow rich is the fact that um It's not one man's theory. It's not anything. Uh, Napoleon Hill was a young newspaper reporter. Uh, He had uh, reported on the Wright brothers flying their first flight and other things. And he was assigned to go interview Andrew Carnegie of U.S. Steel, probably the richest man of his era. And he asked him, how do you become rich? How do you become successful? And Carnegie said, no one has really quantified that, but if you'll dedicate the next 20 years of your life, you will be the one that reveals that. And Hill took the challenge, and Carnegie introduced Napoleon Hill to people like Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and Helen Keller and 500 of the most successful people of that era. And out of those 500 interviews came the science of success and think and grow rich. So it's not a theory. It's an actual, this is how people actually did this. And, uh, and it's, a, it's, a, it's just a great tribute to him, and that's what I wanted to do in this book.
3: And, folks, we're talking to Jim Stovall. He's uh, one of the authors of his book here. He's got a collection of people that wrote about their positive influence. uh, By reading that book, Napoleon Hill's "Think You, Grow Rich, we're talking to Jim Stovall. Jim, is having money the ultimate, I guess, indicator of success?
4: No, no. Living the life you want to live is the ultimate success, and that includes living your life, helping other people live their life, giving creating and uh, you know fulfilling your destiny now money is a key component of that you know i i i mean i don't think there is any success without the financial resources it's like you know there is no success without oxygen you know you and i don't think about oxygen but if you cut it off in the next uh, 60 to 90 seconds that's going to be really critical to us well the same thing with money uh, you know it it is it's like if you and i were going to go on a vacation somewhere uh, the the key to our vacation is not gasoline in the tank but we're not going anywhere unless we have some and that's that's what money is money is not the end money's the tool
0: The book is The Living Legacy of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. It's available on Amazon, wherever you find books. I've got a link to it in the show notes if you're interested. And you can hear more of that interview with Jim Stovall on Financial Safari. And you can subscribe to Financial Safari and have that delivered to your phone each and every week. It's on Apple and iHeart, wherever you get a podcast. If you want to call Coach Pete Direct, Call 800-662-6808. You can also text pizza to 600-700. Financial Safari heard on radio stations around the country. It originates in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can find the podcast, as I mentioned, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about Coach Pete, visit him, PeteOnDemand.com. That's PeteOnDemand.com. Pizza! Up next, Brian Quaranta in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The show, Retirement U Radio. Here, Brian is talking about the number of people wanting to retire early because of the pandemic. And can you blame them, really?
5: And I think the pandemic, Steve, really has gotten people to the point where they go, you know what? I've enjoyed being home. I've enjoyed being with the kids, the grandkids, whatever it might be. I've enjoyed having my free time, and I want more of that. And now companies are starting to call people back to work, and people are going, ah, time out. You know what? I was about five, six years away from retirement. Maybe I'm just going to retire right now. Um, That's the nice thing about having a plan. You know, I was meeting with a couple uh, last week uh, and um, we had put together a plan for them to retire in about three years. And um, I got a phone call um, from uh, his wife and she said, you know, we want to come in and and talk about possibly getting retirement to happen a little bit earlier. Now, the good thing was we had a plan put together uh, based around good, solid math. We uh, had a plan uh, that we had figured out years ago in regards to their income. Uh, their taxes, uh, their expenses, and um, so what I was able to do is I was able to shift that retirement three years earlier, Uh, not by some type of magic, but by just having a simple plan to be able to execute on that, Um, and it's it's pretty simple to do. I mean, you know, getting retired sooner than later is actually a pretty easy thing to do. But you got to have that plan. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, most people don't have that.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, so they have yeah, no idea yeah. if they can or if they can't or or how they're going to get there if they do.
5: Well, I think a lot of people are mistaken in the world we live in today. They mistake the fact that they have a retirement plan, right, by definition through their employer, maybe a 401k plan, maybe a 403b plan, 457 plan. And they are retirement plans, but it's not actually a plan for retirement. It's a retirement account that they're accumulating money in, but that's not what's going to get you retired. Um, that's like, um, you know, not having a blueprint, uh, right before you're about to build a home. I mean, you got to have the specs, right? Um, you got to have the drawings to be able to do it. And so, but what it, what it entails is that we've got to look at what will your typical monthly expenses be. Some people assume often, mistakenly, that living costs will be lower in retirement. And I, I just haven't seen that. Most of my clients that are retiring um, want the same amount of income. If not, they want higher amount of income in retirement because a lot of people want to do the things that they promised they were going to do. You know, there's, and there's three phases to retirement. There's the go-go years, there's the slow-go years, and there's the no-go years, right? And the go-go years, Steve, we all know what the go-go years are. When you retire, you want to go, 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 exactly. right? You want to do all, yes. all the things that you said you want to do. And that's about a 10-year time period, probably, after retirement, that you're going and going and going. After about 10 years, people start to slow down. You know, there's they're, they're, they're slowing down. They're not going as much. They're staying around. They're doing more at home. And so a lot of times when you're building retirement plans, you can actually look to build strategies mathematically where you front load uh, the income. And you front load the income by taking more out up front than you are later. And you got to make sure that you do this in the most tax-efficient way because for most people, the majority of the retirement savings is probably in some type of tax-deferred retirement account like a traditional IRA or a 401k or a 403b where when they start taking withdrawals, they have to pay taxes on it.
0: Minimizing taxes in retirement, something we all want. And Brian and his team at Secure Money Advisors can help give you options that may help you achieve that. You can hear Brian's show Saturday mornings, 8 o'clock, 9453WS in Pittsburgh. You can find it on the iHeartRadio app, the website, securemoneyadvisors.com. That's securemoneyadvisors.com. Call Brian directly, 800-662-6808, or text pizza to 600-700. Pizza! Claiming Social Security, one of the biggest decisions a pre-retiree will make, Kevin Frisbee is here to give us some tips that could help you maximize your Social Security.
6: You know, we talk about this in our seminars. Why do other brokers' advisors don't talk about Social Security? I've asked you that before, I think, Steve. Yeah, right. What's what's the answer? Uh, There's nothing in it for them. That's big, that bingo. That's that's spot on the answer. There's nothing in it for him, and I would challenge that. That's not true. If it could be for an individual, it could be four, five hundred thousand dollars or six hundred thousand dollars over your lifetime. But depending on your benefit when you start taking it, think about that—a half a million dollars. If you're a married couple, it could it could become a, a million to one point two million dollars of income over your lifetime. And that one point two million dollars, to me. That's as important as helping people make the best choices in their investments. Exactly. A, you know, a million bucks. If they don't make the right choice, it could affect their their portfolio or their income. I should say by two, three, four hundred thousand dollars wow. if they don't you know pick the right time to take Social Security. So that's not I you know as a as an organization there is something in it for us. Number one, we have a vested interest as a fiduciary licensed firm to help and do the best what's in in the best for our clients. Number one. Number two is. That kind of money, if I can help my clients put that kind of money, additionally, in their pocket by picking the right choice time to take Social Security, it obviously will he will increase their their account values, and obviously increase what they leave behind to their their uh,
0: their heirs. Right. Well, and again, I think you know it's it, when you're talking about that kind of a difference. Yeah, there is something in it for you. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it, just from a satisfaction standpoint. And you know what the.
6: These are, these are complicated subjects that a lot of advisors don't want to dig into. They, they and Frankly, a lot of them don't understand the ins and outs and intricacies of Social Security planning. And again, it, to that point I made earlier in the show today, if you're working with a broker advisor that's only managing money, you're doing yourself a disservice, I promise you. There's not a lot of firms. There's a few firms in the state that, that do the holistic plan. I would encourage you to seek, seek somebody out that has a second opinion that you can take a look at the whole picture.
0: Well, and, and again, you know, when you start talking about Social Security, you said it at the beginning, most Americans elect to take Social Security at 62. I mean, that that's true as of, I, I think as, as recent as last September, that was still true. And that isn't necessarily always the best idea, especially if there's a couple, especially if there's any age difference. I mean, there are a number of strategies that you can put in place. And, and here's the thing, to, to that point, If
6: people come in and say, Kev, I'm taking Social Security at 62 because I don't think it's going to be there. Well, that's not a good enough reason. I mean, explain that. Yes, the the government's spending like drunken sailors, and yes, it's out of control in Washington, and yes, they're probably going to make some changes, but I will tell you, Social Security is going to be there in some fashion, as it is right now. Might be a little changed, means-based tested, all, all that kind of stuff, but it's going to be there. So that's not a legitimate enough reason. If somebody comes in and says, I'm taking Social Security at 62 because nobody in my family has lived past 66 years old well all right let's talk i mean that could be a real reason to say hey maybe your genes aren't very good maybe we do start to take it early or god forbid you have a major health issue yeah there's a lot of reasons to start taking it earlier but if you come in and we lay out a plan here's the thing we use our software and say as part of that written plan what's your budget need what's your fixed incomes what's the social security amount look like The optimal time to take Social Security is this age and we can put one, two, three scenarios together to show you and you can literally pick to the month when's the best time for you and your situation to take Social Security. The other thing is if you're a partner or or, I'm sorry, spouse, and all of a sudden you've been married for at least two years, what about the survivor benefit to that spouse if something happens to you? There's a reason sometimes to wait to take Social Security if you were the breadwinner and all of a sudden you can get that delayed credits of 8% every single year. If something did happen to you and you're married, all of a sudden your spouse has a higher income the rest of their life. So there's not a one-size-fits-all. It all has to be calculated, Steve, with all these potential options that are out there to make the best choice.
0: You can hear Kevin show Financial Safari Weekends on multiple radio stations throughout the state of Maine, and you'll find him every Thursday afternoon at 3.50 on the Howie Car radio program. Howie's on about 25 stations from Boston to Maine. He will offer his insight for the week to Howie, and you can find all the TV and radio shows at frisbeebenefits.com. That's frisbeebenefits, F-R-I-S-B-I-E, benefits with an S.com. Find him on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe there, have those shows delivered to you each and every week. Call him here, 800-662-6808, or text pizza to 600-700. Now, here's Dave Perkins with a trip back to 1960.
2: Pizza! Through the years, let's take a trip back in time. 1960. Still felt like the 50s. Ike was still president. The music still kind of sounded the same, but a wild decade was ahead. Yes, Ike was president, but in 1960, Eisenhower's vice president, Richard Nixon, was running against Senator John F. Kennedy to become the next president.
0: The Republican candidate, Vice President Richard M. Nixon, and the Democratic candidate, Senator John F. Kennedy.
2: This was the first presidential campaign to include televised presidential debates. There were four held between Republican nominee Nixon and Democratic nominee Kennedy. The day after the first debate, there was another kind of debate, a water cooler debate around the nation on who won. Those who listened on the radio thought Nixon performed better. Those who watched the debate on TV were mostly convinced Kennedy won. That's been attributed to the fact that Nixon refused makeup, which exposed a five o'clock shadow and was sweating a lot under the hot studio lights. Nixon did accept makeup for the other three debates.
5: This is NBC News, Election Central.
2: Kennedy went on to win the election in November with 56% of the electoral vote, but a razor-thin popular vote majority of less than two-tenths of one percentage point. In 1960, 3,500 American service people would be sent to Vietnam. The 1960 Summer Olympics were held in Rome.
1: I am the greatest.
2: And later that year, Cassius Clay, after winning the gold in Rome, won his first professional boxing match in Louisville, Kentucky. Of course, Clay would eventually take the name Muhammad Ali. A primetime cartoon premiered that year, The Flintstones. And why was everyone afraid to take a shower in 1960? Because of Alfred Hitchcock's classic, Psycho. A gallon of gas was 25 cents. The national average cost to retire then was $40,000. Etch-a-Sketch draws and writes like magic. And the Etch-a-Sketch was introduced. And most people just drew boxes. And that was 1960. We've now arrived safely back in the present.
0: We hope you enjoyed your trip. Here's to a smooth ride into retirement. Well, what else are you going to do with an Etch-a-Sketch but make boxes, huh? Pizza! One more clip and this pizza is ready for consumption. Now here's Eric Carney talking about how to maintain your lifestyle all the way through retirement.
1: Here's a hint. It takes a plan. When we talk about lifestyle, people are like, oh, people get excited about that. Yes. People don't want to do financial planning, but they want to talk about their lifestyle, right? Right, of course. Yeah, so getting a a bigger boat... um, You know, going on more golf trips, expanding the house, uh, remodeling the kitchen, whatever that may be, that's our lifestyle. And once you've become accustomed to a certain lifestyle, you do not want to lose that. And so in the financial plan, as well as the income plan, we're actually factoring in taxes and inflation. But the other thing we're taking a look at is healthcare. And people will respond very quickly back. They'll say, oh, Eric, you know, we've got the very best Medicare. Um, We're good on that. Well, let me tell you something. The number one thing that people worry about in retirement as they age, and I'm talking about when you get past 65 and even up and coming to 70, is chronic illness because chronic illness is the most expensive care that you're going to have because chronic illness you have almost every day. And so what happens is you want to be able to purchase something that will make you significantly more comfortable for a very long time. I've always said Chronic illness is the most expensive health care that a person will take on. And so when people say, I'm like, how's your health? They're like, oh, I need a hip replacement. Okay, that's just a pain in the butt, right? Yes, Um, I need a knee replacement. Okay, another pain in the butt, but it won't kill you. I have back pain. Okay, but that won't kill you, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we're trying to get massage therapy. And by the way, the number one product for people age over 60 right now is a massage chair no kidding yep wow selling out left and right and i'll tell you what i ended up purchasing one about three months ago and my i go to a massage therapist every other week so twice a month and uh she's done a phenomenal job she keeps me in check and i really do feel like it reboots it reboots my whole body but i'll tell you what i ended up taking the advice of one of my clients, and I bought the same exact chair that he bought. And I'll tell you what, that chair gets used. And I'll also tell you another thing. When I get up at the end of the night, I can move much easier. I feel significantly better. And I do feel like that was a great investment.
0: Well, and again, but those are the kinds of things, if that's on your bucket list, so to speak, if that's on your list of things that you want as you get into retirement, you can budget for that. That becomes part of the plan, doesn't
1: it? That's exactly right. And so it's it's the things that not only what you want, but things that you're going to need. That's what we're incorporating in there because we want to make sure that we're covering all the bases. And so there's a lot of times where people say, well, you know, um, I only spend $4,000 a month. And then all of a sudden we get into some other things and they're like, oh, well, travel. Oh, yeah, that's another 20 grand a year. OK, so we're not at four grand a month right? Right. And so we have to factor in your entire life. And, you know, maybe you're going to help out the kids, but then all of a sudden grandkids come along. Well, that's kind of something that was unexpected, right? And so a lot of times things just get more expensive and we have to be able to plan for them. So a lot of times people want to figure out what their expenses are, how are we going to afford that? Oh, and by the way, there are still income taxes and inflation there as well.
0: Yeah, income taxes and inflation. Again, it goes to having the right plan in place. Eric and his team at Retirement Wealth can help get you on track. Check out Eric's show, WealthWorks Radio, on News Radio 1580 WCCF in Punta Gorda, Florida. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to a podcast. Subscribe to it, it'll be delivered to you automatically. Eric is with. Retirement Wealth in Cape Coral, Florida. His website is ericcarneyadvisor.com, E-R-I-C-K-E-A-R-N-E-Y advisor.com. You find him on TV, too, Saturdays and Sundays. Check your local listings for times and channels. Give him a call right here, 800-662-6808, or text pizza to 600-700. Well, there you have it. Episode 115 of Financial Pizza is complete. Nicely done, ready for that digital delivery financial pizza featuring clips and more from some of the very best financial radio programs heard around the country every week and it's all brought to you hot fresh and in 30 minutes or less if you'd like financial pizza delivered to you every week then subscribe to it it'll be in your podcast collection automatically apple podcasts iHeartRadio app anywhere you download a podcast as long as you're subscribing be sure and rate and share the podcast we've got pizza for everyone Hey, remember, you can reach any of the advisors featured here by calling 800-662-6808 or just text pizza to 600-700. I've also got links to all the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast. If you want to reach me via email, steve at financialpizza.com or on Twitter at Steve Siddall. At Thanks to Dave Perkins for contributing content for this week's podcast. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall, It originates from the studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, folks. I really do appreciate it. And I'm going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall.
3: Pizza.
2: Coach P Radio.